Hello and welcome to the Remarkable Places Podcast. This is episode four. I'm your host, Steve Batiste. Today's guest is Robin Sr. Hey, Robin, say hi to the folks for me. Hi, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. So today, I'm going to get right down into it. What put me on to wanting to chat with Robin in the first place was we found out that we had uh, some places in common that we had traveled to and, and really enjoyed, and uh, in particular, uh, a place in uh, Vietnam where we got some really cool clothes. Uh could you tell our listeners a bit about uh, your travels in, in, in Vietnam? Sure, yeah. Um, shortly after I got married, my wife and I took six months off to go traveling through Asia. And part of the time was uh, was in Vietnam. I think we were there for about three weeks total. And uh, I don't know if we'd even planned to go to Vietnam. We just happened to end up there. And uh, it was definitely the highlight of our trip. Um, just Amazing scenery, great people, and experiences that we didn't get anywhere else. I guess the town you're talking about in mm-hmm. particular is Hoi An, um, which is really unique because it's basically an entire town of tailor shops. Uh, and people had talked, told us about this, and we couldn't believe it when we got there because probably two out of every three stores is a tailor shop. And uh, travelers like to stop in and get, you know, bespoke suits made for $200 and shipped home or all sorts of crazy things. And uh, just a really fascinating town. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. How, how long did you manage to stay there? Did you just pop in and out? or? Um, I think we were there for four days. Um, basically, we we had taken a, a motorcycle trip from the south, from uh, Nha Trang up to Hoi An. And uh, our trip kind of got extended as my wife got clothes made and we had to wait for it to be finished. So we, uh, we'd uh, go uh, try things on and then hang out in town and go to um, the beach uh, off just up the coach, which is famous from the Vietnam War. Which the, I think it's the China Beach where a uh, big landing point for all the American soldiers. And uh, it's this – the beach is something like 11 or 12 – kilometers long and one of the nicest beaches we'd we'd been on and just a, a really nice town because it's it's a unesco world heritage town so it's really well preserved and uh, all lit up along the river at night with all these cool lanterns and we were there during the world cup so it would have been four years ago and uh it's a soccer is a huge deal in southeast asia and they put these big screens up in the city center and all the locals would hang around and watch it and it was is a really nice atmosphere Awesome, awesome. And do you still have any of those clothes left? Oh, yeah. Um, I couldn't bring myself to try anything on because it was about 45 degrees and uh, all the shops are open air. So I'm I'm dripping in sweat even in shorts and a T-shirt. I couldn't fathom putting on a wool suit. My wife had several dresses and shoes and boots made. But they they do have the service where you can give them a piece of your clothing and they'll duplicate it in like 12 hours. So all the nasty uh, cotton shirts that I had been wearing for five months, 
I gave to them. And the next day I had replicas that didn't smell and weren't covered in dirt and were tied me over for the rest of the trip. Awesome. That just sounds really <laughs> like a really good pit stop there in the middle. I was going to talk a little bit about a bit about gear is uh, to have a, a notebook, travel with some notebooks. Um, I find that quite helpful. I always, I always like to carry along a little physical mm-hmm. piece of paper, pen and paper. I'm a, I'm a computer guy all the way around, of course, but uh, a pen and piece of paper as a piece of gear it comes in really handy. And I, and I was trying to figure out which, which notebook to recommend to, to, to anyone listening to this podcast. And I decided to not make a specific recommendation because mm-hmm. they have all the fancy branded ones that are some quite amazing, legendary. I'm thinking of the, um, the moleskin, for instance, very, mm-hmm. very popular. They're super durable. I'll give them that. I've washed. Yeah. Um, I've washed accidentally washed some a couple of uh, moleskin notebooks, and they survived quite nicely. Um, and they're really popular. You know, claim to fame. A lot of famous writers have written in it. But uh, as I have found, that just because a famous person used the same notebook I use doesn't mean that my writing is gonna. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's funny you mention that because I actually have my travel notebooks right in front of me. Oh. Um, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who keeps a journal every day, but when I was traveling, I did. And I literally have, I have a note for every single day that we are gone, about 180 days. And um, at first it was some cheap notebook I, I got in a, a travel, like maybe even the airport when I landed in New Zealand. And when I filled that up, the notebook that I used for the bulk of the trip I got in China. And it's really funny, you know, I probably paid under a dollar for it, um, but I, at the start, it's got all the usual um, business notebook things like translations and airline phone numbers, but it has that personal data section, which if anyone found this, they could steal my identity in five <laughs> seconds. It says name, phone number, identity card number, credit card number, life insurance number, bank account number, passport number, driver license number. So if anyone actually filled this thing out, they could, they could I, I think, kingdom. Wow. exactly, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's great. I highly recommend to your listeners that you keep a note because as as you go on, you just don't remember these things. So like now, I look down, I see, oh yeah, you know, when we're in Hoi An, we the uh, the beach, the area is uh, Da Nang up the up the hill and up the coast, and we went to the uh, Cham ruins while we were killing time, hanging out, and and uh, saw these new things. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a wonderful wonderful way of uh, keeping the the memories alive and bringing them to life, especially years later when you mm-hmm. you know they start to dim on their own and need little reminders here and there. Yeah, and and it's a lot easier to bring back souvenirs in a, in a notebook rather than trying to ship home this or that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. So we so we agree on the notebooks. Cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool, and. Uh, Oh, I'll sneak in one little tip before I get to the big question sure. for our guest. But uh, my tip, my travel tip for the, for this time around is uh, before you go, find locals who've been there. Definitely. Really simple. Really simple. And uh, and in a city like Toronto, we're, we're really fortunate because we happen to have people who live here now who've come from every corner of the of the planet 
So if any destination you're planning on traveling to, find someone around, and they're easy to find. Find someone who has either traveled there or is from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that really, really helpful. Uh, as far as where you find these people, one of my favorite places to go find travelers are at the hostels. Mm-hmm. Downtown, we have a couple of interesting hostels uh, in Toronto, um, and every major city has 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 hostels. And if you live in that city, most people don't go to the hostel in their own city. They have a home to sleep in, right? Yeah. But uh, the one thing as a traveler, when you get to a hostel, the one thing you're most desperate for is connection, a real connection with local people mm-hmm. to find out what the place is really like. Forget about what the Lonely Planet has to say. What is the place really like? So as a local, if you show up at, a, at your local hostel and you say, hey, anybody, any travelers new to the, my city, they'll pitch you a beer, you sit mm-hmm. down and you tell them what you know about your own city. And they will love it. That's a great idea. And you will get stories about where they're from. Mm-hmm. And you'll have, you know, more than likely you'll have introductions ahead of time before you even touch down in their country. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. know where to go. We did a lot of that when we were traveling. We stayed in hostels a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're in a hostel and you're, say, you're traveling next to Vietnam, maybe the person you're at your table was just in Vietnam and they can pass along some great tips. We, uh, we got a lot of tips like that from, from other travelers. Yeah. And the other two places I find, uh, well, if you, if your city's too small for a hostel, it's probably not going to have a consulate, but a consulate's an awesome place to go <laughs> to find out information. But you want to go on the, the informal tip really. Um, they, they have official guides and all that, like as you would expect, but it's kind of nice to just uh, talk to the people who are from that country, living in mm-hmm. your country now, and they can really tell you some inf- great information about their, their place that don't show up in the official guidebooks. Mm-hmm. And my third favorite source for finding out, uh, finding locals from other places is a restaurant. So if you're going to um, Chile, to Chile, there are a few Chilean restaurants around Toronto, for instance. And the people there will gladly tell you everything they know about their own country. They just, people like talking about home. That's that's a great idea. And uh, yeah, so before you go, find, find people, find locals who've been there before. Mm-hmm. Especially for lots of the smaller con- countries, the guidebooks, things like Lonely Planet aren't a great resource anymore because as soon as a business gets featured in lonely planet mm-hmm. especially in vietnam if the hotel has been featured in lonely planet i guarantee you 10 copycat hotels with the exact same name spring <laughs> up within a week and you can't tell the original exactly you can't exactly yeah I, I've, I've seen situations where a couple of different establishments all have the same clipping mm-hmm. you know they blow up the lonely planet <laughs> entry and put it on their wall yeah. Okay, somebody's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the most remarkable place that you've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, remarkable place. I would have to say New Zealand. Um, it, it's, it was the first place we went to on our big trip, but it's still 
was the most awe-inspiring. It's such a small place, um, you know, only 4 million people. But the scenery everywhere, you just like, you understand why they filled Lord of the Rings there. It's everything is so beautiful. And sites that you might be able to see all across Canada, but gathered in at one small place. Um, things like uh, we did something called the Tongariro uh, Alpine Crossing. And uh, in the North Island, it's this full day trek, you know, you get up at uh, before sunrise and you take a bus to this base. And uh, when, when you start walking, it's pitch black. Then when the sun comes up, it starts to burn off the fog and you really can't see more than a few feet in front of you. After a few hours, um, you're up at the summit and there's actually a, a volcano caldera, which is which was Mount Doom from the Lord of the Rings movie. And you can climb up it if you want, but we didn't have the legs for it. But people are people are you know carrying their like two year olds on their back doing this thing, going up sheer faces. And then as you work your way down, it's uh, these blue sulfurous ponds and. Uh, you really have to run for the last couple hours, like literally run to catch the last bus. I think it took us eight or nine hours to do this trek. But the whole way, you know, we're just picking our jaws off the floor. It's so beautiful. Hmm. Sounds sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and how long did you spend all together in New Zealand? I think we were in New Zealand for three weeks. We, uh, we landed in Auckland and then did a quick flight down to... Uh, right in the south, uh, Queenstown, and then rented a car and drove around for three weeks. And it's a great way to see New Zealand because all the highways are one lane in each direction. You know, occasionally the road's blocked because of the sheep herding and uh, only one car allowed on a bridge at, at a time. And there are switchbacks through the mountains where you literally have to look in your your wing mirror to make a turn because it's, it's such a hairpin. And... Uh, you could go from beach to mountain to glacier in the span of like two hours. Wow, the Kiwi's got to get down there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, have you been back yet? No, I haven't been back. Um, I have little little kids now, so I don't fancy a 36-hour flight. <laughs> but hopefully in the future we make it back. Oh, but that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, if, if we do, it'll, it'll be for a long time. Right, right, right. Well, that, that sounds amazing. Um, it, uh, New Zealand is a wonderful place. It's, it's a, it is a beautiful, beautiful place. And I highly encourage everyone to follow my guest lead and find your way down to New, New Zealand. And uh, I mean, how great is it? They've got a... Uh, they've got a mountain range called the remarkable <laughs> and it really is better than that you want come on yeah <laughs> all right robin well that brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much to my guest robin senior for toughing it out and um chatting with me tonight and uh, uh, telling our listeners all about uh, new zealand and vietnam thank you so much thanks for having me Okay, take care, Robin. We'll we'll check soon. Mm -hmm. Bye, Dan. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Remarkable Places podcast. 
If you enjoy what we're doing, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. This helps other people find us and gives us encouragement to continue. Visit our webpage at www.remarkableplacespodcast.com. There you can send us tips or gear recommendations. Also, tell us if you or someone you know has a remarkable place to talk to us about. Take care, and until next time, I hope you're in a remarkable place.